Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. So we're in week four of Sit, Walk, Stand. I've, it, it has been uh, a pleasure and honor to be able to bring this message series to you and, uh, and know that I am really looking forward to 1115, that, it's, uh, that there is a part of me that's like, I'm ready to take a breath. And, and I'm very grateful that Pastor Aaron's pre- preaching next week and all the weeks afterwards, because four in a row is, is a doozy. But I've been grateful to, to come with this series, and I'm, and I'm grateful for the feedback that you all have given me. Um, I appreciate it. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and, and know that this sermon series, why I brought it to Simple Church for you, really has been for me. And, and as I share today, I will probably just pull out some stories of, oh, so here's where I struggle. Here's where I'm still kind of not quite there yet. But, but the, the joy in the Christian walk is that none of us are. We're not all there yet. And, and we have the opportunity to, to sit again and to walk again and to stand again. That, that really this is a wash, rinse, repeat kind of life that we're in here um, as, as we adjust and adapt and, and take an evaluation of, of where we are and where God wants us to be and to take intentional, disciplined steps in that direction. Amen? So... Like I uh, have shared in the past sermons, that the, the title of the sermon series came from a Chinese pastor called Watchman Nee. He wrote a book, Sit, Walk, Stand. I'm, that is basically the, the brunt of what I've taken from his message. But it's, but, it's, uh, but it's these perspectives, these positions that Ephesians challenges us to participate in as we walk our Christian walk. We are first to rest, to sit in our position in Christ, then as a natural outflowing, we walk the kingdom life. And then lastly, we stand in Christ's name against evil. The, the, the crux of, of this sermon series for me has, has been uh, the prayer in Ephesians 3 that, that I will say it over and over again. That is my favorite prayer of the Bible. It's one that uh, I believe that we can claim for ourselves. As Paul is writing to the Ephesians, he is writing to Christians. We are Christians. And, and this prayer, I believe, is is for us, that we can grasp this, that we should be praying this for us, for others, and, and marinating in this prayer. So I'm going to open up with uh, the verse from Ephesians 3. Paul writes, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Amen. Amen. So these last three weeks, I'm just going to do a quick recap of the last three weeks because uh, in, in, this, in this fourth week and in this last section of Ephesians, I want you to know that Paul is not bringing something radically new here. He's not like giving you a five and a half, six and a half chapters of, of one theme, one topic, one focus, and then like shot over into a right field. And it's like, okay, but this here too, there's something radically different. It's not radically different. It's very focused that there's a pattern through this book. 
And, and, and as believers, we sometimes kind of, we can miss that bigger picture, that bigger pattern that we can get caught in a verse or, or a section and think that it's disconnected from, from everything else. So if, if we look back at what we've, we've walked through in the last three weeks, the first week was uh, to sit, to sit and receive, receive who he is and what he's done for us, just to, to grasp the massiveness of, of who God is and what he has done in Jesus, and that we get to sit in hope and expectation that, that he is our hope, and we can expect his plan to play out fully, even though we don't fully understand what it is and we might not like the pressing, we can sit in hope and expectation that everything is going to work out as he desire, desires for it to work out. And we can sit in thanksgiving and prayer that, that in this initial sitting, we can, we can rest in him and take up a posture of thanksgiving and prayer as we walk, as we get ready to walk. And then in chapter 2, we get to see the personal aspect of, of that sit, how we are a part of his plan. Who we were before Christ, I was dead. And who we are in Christ, I am alive. And that God has stuff for us to do as his, in his, as his new creation, that, that we are his masterpiece, that we're called to sit and remember. Sit and remember where we were. Sit and remember where, where we were before him, and then sit and reflect on where we are now because of him. But also in that sit that we have the intention to walk, that, that we're not supposed to just sit that he's preparing us to, to be his masterpiece, to do the things that he has planned for us to do. That, that from that sit, we get to walk. We get to contemplate and, un, and take that contemplation and understanding into action, exercising discipline, intention, and purpose. Last week, we looked at what it is to walk, to walk in discipline, to be intentional in that walk, to walk worthy, to, to walk in a way that brings him honor and glory, to, to walk lightly, to walk in his light and chuck off the weight of the sin that is carrying us down, and to walk his way, to imitate how he walks, to look at scripture and see Jesus move, and that, and that we move that way as well, that there is an expectation that, that we will move in a particular way, that we will interact in a particular way, that we'll behave in a particular way. And not because that earns us love or earns his grace or earns his mercy, but he's already given it to us. And we get to respond in that way. I had thrown out some, some, some questions that, that, are, that are just challenges as you're, you're walking the, the, the Christian life and, and contemplating what's going around you. And, and, and the, there are moments we have these opportunities that he wants us to seize. What does God want in this moment? What is the opportunity before me? How can I press pause, get my mind right, and step up? How, how can I walk well? This morning, as we walk into the last chapter of Ephesians, he's got this final word. It's a final word, but again, it's not a new word. It's, it's not a, a Monty Python sketch transition. So I do this, and now for something completely different. There's a handful of Monty Python fans. <laughs> it's a culmination of the first five chapters packaged up in a way that's like, okay, so here's how you stand. This is what you take. You can, you can, you can stand strong. So Ephesians 6 says this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, 
against mighty powers in his dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So, so I didn't grow up as a Christian. I, I, I came to Christ in 96. I was, I was older. Um, but I've seen some of like the armor of God stuff for kids things, and it's like, fun. It's like, ah, we're going to put this armor on. And, and there's, there's fun stuff to look at. Um, but st- setting aside the fun for a moment, uh, I, I want to say this, that Satan is real. The devil is real. Evil is real. That um, I, don't, I don't believe these are metaphors. I don't, I don't believe they're metaphors. I believe God is real. I believe his enemies are too. And while I believe his enemy's powers are limited, I do believe he's amazingly crafty and creative. I believe that he knows my weaknesses well. I also believe that if we ignore him, if we discount him, if we deny him, then he doesn't have to be nearly as crafty or creative. That we just serve ourselves up on a platter. Easy pickings. Doesn't have to worry about us. He doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to work hard to make us crumble, to throw us off our stance. That's uplifting, isn't it? But it's, I believe it's reality. And, and we need to be aware of that, which we'll, we'll see in a little bit. But, but, this, but this, first, this first concept is, so we, we know that we've got this enemy, and we're called to stand strong. So Aiden, uh, I remember when Aiden was learning how to walk, he was just this tiny little kid. I don't think I have video of it, but I, I've got pictures of him. Uh, hands up high in the air and, and leaping forward, lunging forward with this big smile on his face. And, and he was just like going for it. He was, you know, herky-jerky all over the place. Um, the most recent kid in here is like Hunter. I remember Hunter like starting to walk. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a hilarious mess. Um, but, but he had, he had intention there, you know, he was, he was focusing on learning how to walk, getting to stand up still. Well, that's a whole different thing, right? That our kids learn how to walk, but, but the standing part, if they're just standing there on their own, they're just kind of, kind of wobbling and, and, and selfishly, it was kind of fun just to poke, give a little nudge. Who's, who's moaning over that? You must not have kids. I was, so I was the evil power there. He was like, Ugh. But he was, he, he would struggle to stand. As a little kid, he struggled to stand. How are you standing today? What does your stand look like? Are you, are you, kind of wobbly? Are you feeling kind of strong? What does that look like? And, and know that I don't ask this to, to bring a sense of shame or guilt, of like my stand sucks right now. I'm having 
a hard time standing up straight. I'm having a hard time with, a, with, with being strong. I don't, I don't ask this to, to highlight what a, a challenge you might be having. I also don't ask this to highlight what pride you might have in, oh, I'm standing great. Um, but it, but I, want you to, I want you to acknowledge it, to look at it, to, be in, to intentionally be looking at, at, the, at the strength of what your stand is. Are you standing in your own power? Are you crumbling in your own weakness? Maybe you've got a, a hold of God's finger to help you keep him from wobbling. Maybe, maybe you've got his armor on fully and you are rooted in and standing strong. Paul's, Paul's prayer for you, his desire for you, is to stand strong. And it's, and it's okay to acknowledge where you are. If we go back to the prayer that we were seeing in Ephesians, in Ephesians 3, the, the desire was is that your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. How are you standing today? Is your understanding from the first five weeks getting you to a place where your roots are, are deep and you're able to stand strong like a, like a tree? Tree roots, they go, they go deep down that lets that tree stand up. Are you strong there? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Let's look at what that strength can look like. To stand strong, we need to stand aware. Again, be aware of the battle that's going around us. Ephesians 6 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. There are battles all over the place right now. It is a wild world that we can see actual battles going on in Ukraine and Russia. We can see political battles going on between our political parties. Um, we can see that Ohio State and Michigan have their battles or something like that. Um, right? Foosball is a devil. Some are legit battles and some are not. I, have, uh, I, had, a, I had a battle with a neighbor for a couple of years. My neighbor, so my neighbor had issues. <laughs> and he brought those issues to my doorstep. And, and, and it was, it was, a, it was a, legit, a legitimate battle for years. Um, and as I look back on it, as I look back on it, and, and probably in, in some of the moments there, I felt that my battle was against him. My, my battle was against him, and, and I took the battle to him at, at times. Um, but as I'm reflecting on it, in light of these verses, the battle wasn't with him. It was, it was with where he was at. He was disconnected from God. He was, his heart was hard not just to him, but to the people around him. I believe he was being used as a tool of of evil and torture on our family, but, but it, it, it wasn't physically him. And, 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 that, and that was hard. Holy cow, that was, that was hard. Um, I wish at the time I could have looked better at what the battle really was. I may have been able to respond differently. 
the people aren't our battles, it's, it's what's going on behind it. And then some of these battles just end up becoming kind of like distractions. He was a distraction to what the real battle was. What battles are you dealing with right now? What, if you look at the people in your lives, what's, what's the battle that you're grappling with? Are you aware of that it's not the person, that there's probably other stuff going on there? Ephesians 2.2 2 says this, remember this, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. There's the battle. We were a part of that battle. We were a part of the wrong side of the battle at one point. You might still be struggling with that part of the battle. Distraction, comfort, envy, jealousy, pride, complacency, blame, selfishness, sin. All that draws us away from God and puts the battle in the wrong spot. It turns our focus elsewhere. That we, have a de- we might have a default response to ignore, to deflect, to consume, to believe the lies and not even realize what's happening at that time. I'm in the, I, I can say I'm no longer in the process of get, being a certified coach. This week I became a certified coach. Woo! Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad I got through that. So in the process of, of, of coaching, there, there was uh, Coactive uses uh, an identification of saboteurs. A saboteur is a mindset or behavior that tanks what you really want. That, that prevents you from being who you really want, doing what you really want. You know, it, it just uh, it, it feeds into the default sinful, evil side of us. And I, have, I only have one saboteur. He's a liar. And I have a whole bunch of saboteurs. I have a whole bunch of saboteurs. Um, but the, in the process of coaching, we get to acknowledge them. We get to identify them. We get to go, oh, that's my procrastinator. I have a saboteur that's a procrastinator. I can identify it. I, I see it now. I can move against it now. I have an opportunity. One of my saboteurs is the victim. When, when I discovered that saboteur, it's like, ooh, that one hurts. I, I rail against the victims of today because I think it's silly. I'm one of them. I've got that. I move in that. But I see it now. I can respond to it a little bit differently. I can acknowledge that saboteur. I can acknowledge that mindset. And I can be aware of the temptations and patterns and pitfalls. And I'm, and I'm also better at seeing that in others. I can be aware of the saboteurs in others. And, and it gives me an opportunity to ask these questions. What does God want in this moment? What's the opportunity for me here? How can I press pause, get my, right, my mind right, and step up and stand well? Often we, we take spiritual warfare and, and think of it as, as something massive and grandiose, but, but in reality, it, it kind of happens in the mundane, mo- mundane moments in life. It takes place in the details of life that seem to not matter, but, but it's, it's in those places that we need to see our saboteurs. We need to see the, the, the devil playing out what he's whispering, acknowledge, oh, that ain't it. Why do you think confessing your sin is so difficult? Why is obedience so challenging? 
why are you afraid to evangelize? We've got these, we've got these cards to hand out. I got one in my back pocket. Come sit with me on Easter Sunday. What makes it so hard to hand that over to someone? Why is forgiveness so daunting? Why is prayer so marred by distraction? I'm going to pray for 30 minutes today, two minutes in. What was I doing? It's because the world, the flesh, and the devil are continually working against you and working against what God is doing in us. And so that first step is to be aware. It's happening. It's going on. Where is it happening in, in your life? And if you're sitting here saying, well, it's not happening in my life, then, then that's where you start. You start right there. It is happening in your life. Stand aware of what, of what is going on. Because as you stand aware, you can stand equipped. Ephesians 6 continues, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. This is the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So we're going to be looking at, at this, this armor of God. And, uh, and, and Paul was using the, the, the pieces as a metaphor from, from what he was seeing with Roman guards. So Roman guards had these, these pieces of armor that protected them. Um, Yes. And, and I'll probably just like shift to foosball references because nobody thinks of Roman armor right now, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one to comprehend. I don't. And, and knowing I'm such a foosball guy, I really don't know what I'm talking about there either. Um, but but you, wear these, you wear these pieces to protect you. You wear the body armor, the helmets, the shoes, and belts. Am, am, am I wearing those today? Are you wearing those today? I'm wearing shoes today. I got shoes because it's part of the dress code. I'm wearing a belt today because I don't want my pants to fall down. Those are all good things. Those are all wonderful things. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're necessarily what he's talking about here. That's not the spiritual battle that's playing out here. However, so spiritual, I'll come back to that. Yes, spiritual battle. There is spiritual battle in the clothes that I'm wearing. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is our equipping. If we intentionally put on this armor, this gear, it will help us not just stand our ground, but stand our ground in confidence. A confidence that comes from practice and understanding. So that football gear. If I were to put on that football gear, it would probably protect me. Although if you stick me out in a field and I'm wearing that football gear and somebody's coming at me, I'm going to run like a little girl screaming because I don't know that gear. I don't know it. I don't trust it. I, I, can, I can believe it for what it is, but, but I don't really know it. But for the people that do know it, they, they can stand strong. They know that the hit is coming, and they can take it. 
They, they know what that gear is going to do for them. They know how it's going to protect them, that, that they can stand there in confidence and lean into the stance, knowing that the hit's going to come. So let's look at these pieces here. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Ephesians 4.25 says, so stop telling lies. Let's tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. That the, the word of truth, so God's word of truth and us speaking the truth has power. And when we practice it, we can stand it in confidence. That reality, we can not cover our sins. We can confess them, lifting them out in the open, sharing them. So I'm going to be honest with you here. I wasn't even going to be honest with you here, but as I said that, it was like, oh, I felt the trepidation. <laughs> Don't speak words of slander, but speak honest words about others. Don't we speak words of slander about God, but, but speak honest words about him that that belt of truth can help us as, as we combat the lies that we tell ourselves. I am his masterpiece. I'm his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. The belt of truth is a beautiful relief when we put it on. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness and put on your salvation, put on salvation as your helmet. Ephesians 4 says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We have a choice. We can choose to resist sinful thoughts. We can choose to resist sexual impurity to show true love. We can choose to skip on corrupting talk and crude jokes for grace-filled words of edification. Don't get drunk on the world's indulgences, but serve others in the power of the Spirit. Throw off that old sinful nature and put on that body armor of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. Oh, but, that, but that sinful nature is just like comfortable and familiar. So, so this morning, Kyle's saying, no, don't share this. Yes. So my, my saboteur, I have to come up with a name for the saboteur. So it was the sarcastic entertainer. Is, the sarc- is, that, is, that, a good, is that a good one? What would you call it? That's accurate. Sarcastic entertainer. So, serves me well. It's not a wild card because you know that's what I do. There's no wild about it. That that, that, that came out. I allowed my body, armor of righteousness, and helmet of salvation just to be kind of set aside for a moment. In the moment, I thought it was fun. Thought it was fun, thought it was funny. There's a part of me that still thinks it was fun and funny. Was it the right thing to do? No. It wasn't. I apologize. I'm sorry. It was a little funny. So Kyle said it was a little funny. She's just feeding my saboteur. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest part. 
No, there's, we have the opportunity to make a choice. To acknowledge, to acknowledge where our, our sin, we're dabbling in our sin, whatever that sin looks like. To be aware, to acknowledge it, to put it off, and take on his armor. What is the better response? He saved us. Christ died for us. The, the sinner that I was has no bearing on that. He gave me righteousness. He gave me salvation. I need to put those on. I can choose to put those on. I can choose to chuck the rest and take his on me. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news that you'll be fully prepared. The shoes of gospel peace. Ah, so that's like the first chapter again of what God brings to it brings to the table. We bring nothing. He brings everything. And we get to put those shoes on. There's, there's peace that comes with a, a deeper understanding of our salvation. And we have an opportunity to respond in it as well. Ephesians 4.2 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. There are times in life where I feel like I give people so many opportunities to make allowances for my faults. Thank you. But I want, but I want to walk in peace. I want, to, I want to walk in confidence of the good news that, that I am new, I am radically transformed, and, and that and that I can bring that in how I interact and behave with others. That, that as believers, we're all reconciled to each other. And not only we're reconciled to God, but we're reconciled to each other. And, and I have the opportunity to, to, to do some soul searching and con- consider the relationships. So it's like, oh, I need to be reconciled here. I need to respond differently to the people around me. Not just, not just for me, but for them, and not just for them, but for our witness. Have you ever left a church because of the conflict of people inside of a church? How unfortunate is that? And what people outside of the church see is that, oh, well, we're just like everybody else. Whining and complaining and picking fights. We can be a distraction to those outside of church. But we're called for peace. We're called to be responsible to one another. We're called to walk in a gentle and humble way. Those are good shoes. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Satan's got a lot of arrows, little darts, and he's chucking them at us, hoping for us to take the hit again and again and again, to knock us down to our knees, not in praise and worship to God, but as a complete and utter failure in the walk. We 
Revelation 2.10 says, don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You'll suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Realistically, uh, in the American church, we're not facing death. There's, there's not too many of us that are facing death when it comes to how it is that we, that we walk. But, but he threatens us with other things. That those darts that he's whipping at us... Um, might have persecution. There might be some pain. Social rejection. Who wants to be socially rejected? Nobody. I'm standing here alone. I'm only raising my hand just to see if you will. But we've got this opportunity to, to, to carry that shield. So when he's whipping stuff at us, we can stand up strong to it. I imagine the shield being like something really heavy, and you, and you have to stand up and hold it there. Satan stokes fear and hopes that we'll retreat. But our faith informs us that he's got a plan. And it's all going to come together just as he wills. And we can stand strong in that faith. We can deflect those arrows. Shield up with a presence of mind and spirit to stand there and stop them. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So this is our one weapon. Everything else is a defensive measure, but but this is the the one weapon. This is how I think football would be awesome. You know where I'm going. Everybody's got their gear, and they all got swords. Let's play some football. I'd watch that. I would totally watch that. It would be so much better. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says the sword, that we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So he's gonna, Satan's going to seduce you with lies. He's going to seduce you with pleasures, with the things that you desire, with the things that we want. Oh, I want, I want, I want, I want. And, and the world is like geared toward telling us we should have what we want. But the sword of the Spirit gives us a a different response. That this is what Jesus used when he was being tempted. He used God's word. That was was his method against Satan. Romans 8.1. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. When, When we are with him, when... When Satan is dumping heaps of condemnation upon us, we've got his word to slash those down. Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. His, he's, he's there to, to cut in front of us, to take that out. When we're threatened by Satan's desire to, to steal us, because that's what he wants. He wants to steal us from God's hands. We know that, that Jesus is going gonna, is gonna to step in, and we've got his word to cut. At times, we fail to put on the armor. This morning, I failed to put on the armor. We get busy with our own pursuits, and when the struggle sneaks up on us, we fight in our own strength, and we take those hits. We step out from under God's strength, and we fall into our temptation. 
We lie instead of speaking the truth. We harbor bitterness instead of forgiving. We lie instead of pursuing peace. We justify sin instead of repenting it. We indulge in our lust instead of loving God and others. We grieve the spirit and sap our joy. We have the opportunity to put on our armor, to stand strong against those arrows. Stand equipped. And then finally, we are called to stand united. United in the spirit and united with the body. Ephesians 6.18, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Solo Christianity is nearly impossible. If, if you are standing out there alone, even fully equipped with the armor of God and a shield, um, you're going to struggle. But we've got, a, we've got a body. And if we're all equipped and we're all standing with shields, what a wall that presents. What a wall that presents. And, and we've got Paul, even in verse 19, he says, and pray for me too. Paul, the believer of believers, he is the man. He is like the Christian of all Christians. He's asking for help and partnership. The dude who probably had it down best of all is still saying, no, I need, I need you too. I need, to be a, I need you to be a part of my walk. I need you to, to come together with me, standing equipped, stand united, and let's see what he can do against that. As you look around this room, as you look around Simple Church, these are all, these are all your, your, your co-warriors, your comrades, your, your participants in the battle. As you grow and, and walk in a better understanding of, of who God is and who you are in him, that it, it just fortifies everything. And if you're standing, if you're standing in, even in here, isolated and alone, I beg you to see that change. Make a shift. Make a shift today. That, that shift today might be over at the Connect Center. It's like, hey, I need you to pray for me. You might be sitting here on your own going, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time standing on my own strength. I need, I need, I need God. I need others. The Connect Center is a brilliant place to, to step into that realm. Maybe you're, 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 you're connected with others, but you're not really connected with God. Maybe it's time to connect with others and, and get more into his word. Find a, find a, a group to, of people to, to read the Bible together. We've got people that are going through the Bible in a year together. We've got grow groups that have people walking together, praying together, living together, that, that, that we're called to be united there's that opportunity there. You have the opportunity to speak into the lives of others and let them know, so what's the battle you're going through? That, that there are people that, that want to walk with you, that need to walk with you, and there are people that you need to be walking with. Sitting, walking, and standing, they're not... They're not solo things. Nor are they one and done positions. I sat. I'm good. Let's go to the walk. I walked. I'm good. Let's go to the stand. Standing. Good. Now what do I do? I've been there. I've done that. This is the wash, rinse, and repeat. These all go together. 
repeatedly, my armor can be refined a little bit better. My walk can be refined a little bit better. My sit can be refined a little bit better. I do not have a full understanding of what Paul desires for us to have. I get to do it again. Reflect on it again. Walk in it again. As we build up our disciplines in the sit, walk, and stand, we get to refine it. To get stronger, to stand stronger, to make a a bigger difference. That through our understanding and transformation, we get to see God transform others around us. Not just for simple church, but for the community as well. There are opportunities. What does God want in this moment? What is the opportunity before me? How can I press pause, get my mind right, and step up? Let's go back to Ephesians 3 as we get ready to, to close out with a better perspective of what Paul is praying for. So let's pray. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. Father, I pray from your glorious unlimited resources, you will empower us with the inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. Our roots will grow down into your love, Father, and keep us strong. And may we have the power to understand, just as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May we experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then we'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Father, I I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this morning, the opportunity to come here and grapple with your word. Father, I pray that you just continue to equip us. us Continue to make us aware as to how we put on your armor, where we need it most, so that we can stand strong, not just for our sake, but for your glory, Father. I thank you for the positions that you've placed us in. I thank you that, that you've accepted us through Jesus. I thank you for the new life that you've given us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And with your head bowed and eyes closed, you might be today like, oh, I want that armor. I need that armor. And that starts with, that starts a real, with a relationship, with a relationship with Jesus. That, that that's the first step. If you don't know him, this armor means nothing. So this moment, I'm going to offer up a prayer. 
And we'll all pray along, but know that, that there's nothing magic here. This is your opportunity to confess and believe. That's the do. To confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and believe that, that he died on the cross for our sins and that in him we are reconnected to God. So if that's you, if this, is, if this is your day that you're stepping into that, raise your hand. We'd love to see. Let's pray. As first-time believers or as those, as those that are, are putting on the armor again, maybe for the first time today, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your son. I thank you for his sacrifice. And I thank thank you for your power. Fit me with your armor, Father. And show me how to stand strong for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the, the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. Hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.